0: Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today, we're going to be learning together Vayerech Chameshi, the fifth Aliyah in Pashas Vayerech, and the topic is the shadow in the future. Our Aliyah is six Pesukim Long, running from Perek Lamed Aleph Pasuk, Yud Daled to Yud Tes. Basic summary of the Aliyah. Hashem tells Moshe, Your days to die are drawing close. Call your and stand in front of the Oyl Moed, the tent of meeting, so I can command him. And they stood there waiting, and Hashem appeared in a cloud at the entrance of the Mishkan. He then tells Moshe that Moshe will pass on and that the people will stray out to the gods of the land that they're going to be entering and abandon Hashem, annulling his covenant. At which point Hashem will grow angry and Hashem says, I will hide my face from them and they will be the food to all types of terrible aggressors in the world. At which point they will then realize it is because Hashem was not with them that all of this happened and then Hashem will hide. Because of their straying. So therefore Moshe Rabenu's well we'll call it bottom line, what do we do about this? Is to write down the To write down the song and teach it to B'nai Israel, to teach it in their mouths so it should be that they know that there is a witness. So uh, that's the summary of the Aliyah, A few basic questions. Number one is Did sure receive prophecy in a lucid state? Usually a Navi, a prophet other than Moshe Rabenu had to receive it in some sort of um, state whether it be sleeping, dreaming, or a state of a seizure where they really weren't physically operational, except for Moshe Rabenu. So, how was the Yeshua was receiving prophecy? So, the Ramban says actually the receiver of this prophecy is Moshe Rabenu. That Moshe Rabenu is being commanded by Hashem these last wishes, um, but Yeshua is allowed to listen in. Even so, Yosh This is the Hashem appears by the oil moed at the entrance, not in the usual place, which would be where it was with Moshe, which was by the Kodesh HaKadoshim from above the Kapores on the Aaron. So in a certain sense, Yeshua is being inducted into a de- higher degree of a devour, but not fully the degree of Moshe. Um, isn't it predetermined that Israel will now sin? So this is a very de- depressing Aliyah after everything Moshe Ben-Hus said. barely a parasha that has passed in Devarim where Moshe has not warned them about being influenced by the people of the land, and now Hashem's saying, well, you're going to be influenced by the people of the land? Isn't that incredibly depressing? So, it, it, and more than just depressing, it seems that they have no choice. Now Hashem is predetermined they're going to sin. So, in a certain sense, they don't really have a choice about this. So the Rav HaMenechus, <laughs> Chava Perik Vop, Halakha, hey, so, um, describes this particular Pasuk, actually, and, um, and asks this question. And he says, don't think that it's predetermined because, um, ultimately, he says, that Hashem never decreed on any individual to stray. He only decreed on the nation of Israel as a whole. And any individual who did stray made that choice and therefore is accountable for that as well. The Raman gives an example of what this is similar to. He says, le ma, da, le, le ma That's that a person says there's always going to be righteous and evil people in this nation. An uh, evil person can't say, well, I'm a, a, you know, a murderer and, and a thief because... I, uh, because there was a decree that there were going to be righteous and bad people in this nation. No, <laughs> he chose to be bad. This person chose to be good. We're accountable for our personal decisions. The, the later colleague of the Rambam, Rambam the Raived, um Rabbeinu Avraham, says about this Rambam's comment, he says, these are divrei arichus, these are, these are you know verbose words, and he says, I would almost say divrei naris, I would even say childish desc- uh, words. Why does he say this? He says, look, if everybody in the nation were to say, well, Hashem, we, we're not going to sin because we're choosing not to, then then this prophecy would not fall upon anybody, so therefore the prophecy would be invalid. Obviously somebody has to, so there is a decree that somebody has to sin, so therefore the question actually is resurrected. Rather, the uh, Ravid explains, the reason why this is not a theological problem is this is not about what's called Gezairah, which means Hashem's decreeing something to happen and free will it is rather that the person Hashem has uh, omniscience he knows what's going to happen but that doesn't doesn't stop us from making choices that's that's a incongruous fact in the logic of a human being but it's not that Hashem is predetermining he's actually just knowing that it's going to be Nonetheless, let's move on to the next idea. Another question, is there any hope in this message? I mean, it's incredibly depressing to hear that Israel's is going to sin, and especially imagine Moshe Rabin I mean, on his last day of his death. After all his achievement, don't worry, everything's going to slide down. The whole company you built is going to you know, like, go down into the ground. That's terribly depressing. So the morning Sanhedrin, um, actually tells us a very beautiful thing, beginning of Perek at the very end of Sanhedrin. It describes that this, um, this, this aliyah is actually one of the first sources for Tchias HaMesim, for resurrection of the dead. Because if you put the comma in the pasuk in a different place, it reads as follows. you're going to sleep with your fathers, which means you're going to be put to the grave. And this nation is going to get up, but you could read it as, Vakam. You're going to go and lie with your forefathers, your patriarchs and arise, which means in the very depth of depression, in the very depth of all this bad that's going to happen in the future, the as definite as they may, may be, is as definite as Tchiyas Mesim is going to be. There's going to be resurrection. There will be a time in the future where things will be better. So just to review it that way as well. Now, as we move towards the end of the Aliyah, we notice that Hashem says, I will hide my face. But it's the second time He's going to hide His face. And this time comes after B'nai Yisrael already already started thinking about Shuva. Why is He hiding His face then? The Ramban says something which is very powerful and very apropos. The times we live in. Ramban says that yes, Hashem will first hide his face, and in the absence of Hashem's light, all kinds of terrible forms, all kinds of terrible punishments will uh, find that void and take advantage of us and the world in the anarchy of the void of godliness. Um, and then as we do Teshuvah, as we have Hiru Hurei Shuvah, thoughts of Shiva, at that point in time Hashem will start reappearing and then He'll slow down the process. So it looks like it's going to be a gula coming, it looks like the redemption is coming, and then Hashem will hide His face a second time. This time not as a punishment but as a test. This will be a test to see do we really want Hashem in our lives or was it just because of the convenience of having Hashem in our lives. And sometimes the gula process will look like it's on the way and then it will grind to a stop. And that's the time we need to say, we still want Hashem in our lives. Finally, last point in the, in the is the, in this Aliyah, is the idea that Hashem says, write down the song. So what is the song? Rashi right? says it refers to the next parasha, which is Hazino. Hazino is a song which is also a warning about what's going to happen in the future. That you should not get, you know, should not get too satiated and indulgent and lead, lead to sin. So that's, what, that's the, the, the antidote to what everything has been said now. However, Chazal said that this is the mitzvah of Ksivas Sefer Torah. It's the last mitzvah in the Torah of writing down a Sefer Torah. It's a mitzvah upon every individual. Um, how do we learn it out of this Pasek? Because the Pasek seems to be talking about a song. So the Ksavah Kabbalah Kabbalah, um, Rav Yaquotzi Mecklenburg, explains that this refers to the idea that everything up till now is included into the song. Meaning to say, you're supposed to write Moshe, write everything up till and including um, all of this as well. And that's that's what's being said here, which also gives us a very fascinating insight into the Torah itself. Torah is viewed as a song. A song is not a bunch of facts. A song is something when put together is harmony, is something which um, gives life and fills in and illuminates a person's entire life. And that's what the Torah is meant to be as well in calling it that. It's not just the words, not just the black of the letters, it's the spaces, the white around them, which also make the song, which make the Torah relevant and continually everlasting. In the meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful day.